Shalom Tamar. Really good to be here on Weekend Edition again. Shalom to all our listeners out there. Today, folks, I was going to speak one last time on the election leading up to Tuesday, which is Election Day here in the United States. But I'm not going to do that because I think after the last few weeks, you're probably convinced of of where I stand. And I guess uh, enough for it to be said that the next time you hear from me, uh, they'll probably be calling me Comrade Noahide. So anyway, today I would like to talk about a very important subject. In Rambam's Mishnah Torah, in Hilakot Melakim chapter 8, verse 11, Rambam tells us, anyone who accepts upon himself the fulfillment of these seven mitzvot, or the seven Noahide laws, and is precise in their observance, is considered one of the pious among the nations, and will merit a share in the world to come. This applies only when he accepts them and fulfills them, because the Holy One, blessed be he, commanded them in the Torah and informed us through Moshe, our teacher, that even previously Noah's descendants were commanded to fulfill them. However, if he fulfills them out of an intellectual conviction, he is not a resident alien, nor of the pious among the Gentiles, nor of their wise men. So here Rambam is telling us that we must follow the seven Noahide laws, not because they make sense to us, or because we're we're intellectually inclined to follow them. We should do it because Hashem has informed us that this is how his creation should live in that which he created. However, I would like to say that common sense in the secular world goes a long way to achieving a great many things and has been with us for generations and generations. And today, I would like to speak on the death of this old friend, uh, whom you and I are very, very familiar with. I would like to share with you how he lived and how he died. His death was caused by an increasingly powerful strain of cancer, which is very infectious and today considered a plague. This strain of cancer is so powerful that it will be historically remembered as the destroyer of people and nations. It has many symptoms, some of which you're probably very familiar with. For example, when your kindergarten-age child comes home from school and asks for your help to open a new package of pretty blue condoms that her teacher gave out in class today. Or when you ask how your kids did at school, what did they learn today, they excitedly share with you that being homosexual is beautiful and that their friend Johnny has two daddies. Possibly your teenage high school student has come home from school and and asked for your help on an assignment that his teacher gave him on hate. And your teachings to him on loving your neighbor as yourself are now in conflict within him because he has been instructed to put in his own words why he hates someone that the teacher finds objectionable. In extreme cases of this infectious cancer, we see people with symptoms of pathological lying, extreme hate, racism, theft in the form of the Robin Hood syndrome, and even believe in the murder of innocent children. They become skilled at the art of brainwashing, indoctrination of our young, and in extreme cases even blow up buildings and take innocent life. 
over time, this disease causes them to become very narcissistic and have no real concern for anyone other than themselves, regardless of what they say to you. They can also experience hallucinations of socialism with them on top of the pack. This symptom, of course, manifests later into communism with them, of course, as your dictator. This tragic cancer infects every system on a massive scale. And yet it is very difficult to see because another symptom of this cancer is blindness. When infected, it causes individuals to not see what is going on around them, even though it is happening right in front of their eyes. It's very, very sad to watch. In the United States alone, over half the population has been infected with this blindness. So powerful is a blindness that all we can say now is that there are none so blind as those who will not see. This blindness can, in many cases, cause you to believe that you are descended from an ape, and in a majority of cases, cause you to believe that there is indeed no God. There has been no determination at this time as to why the blindness is so strong. However, research still continues on. This cancer is liberalism. And in the old days, liberty, which is the root of liberalism, was a theory of economics emphasizing the individual freedom from restraint, and usually based on free competition, a self-regulating market, a philosophy based on belief in the essential goodness of the human race to do what is right in the eyes of God, and the rights of the individual to stand for the protection of these liberties. Well, my friends, this is no longer true. Since the cancerous infestation of this powerful strain of liberalism, we have witnessed the absolute decay of our liberty, our freedom, and to our morals. The morals that God gave us to live by as his creation have been destroyed. This monumental evil cancer called liberalism is responsible for the death of this old friend and has been and will continue to be responsible for the destruction of many people and entire societies. But today we are mourning the loss of this beloved old friend who recently passed away because of this cancer. His name was Common Sense. Common Sense lived a long, long life, but has died from the vicious, contagious disease of liberalism. I would now like to share with you the last days and ultimate death of Common Sense. Common Sense selflessly devoted his life to service in schools, hospitals, homes, and factories, helping folks get the job done without fanfare or foolishness. For decades, petty rules, frivolous lawsuits, and ludicrous verdicts from courts held no power over common sense. He was credited with cultivating such valued lessons as to know when to come out of the rain, why the early bird gets the worm, and that life isn't always fair. Common sense lived by a simple and sound financial policy as well. Don't spend more than you earn. Common sense also lived by other time-tested strategies like the adults are in charge and not the kids, and it's okay to come in second or third place. Common sense was a veteran and survivor of the Great Depression and the technological revolution. Common sense even survived cultural and educational trends such as body piercing, 
whole language and new math. But his health declined when he became infected with the cancer called liberalism. And one day, literally shouted out, I'm not responsible for my own actions and anything that I do is all right so long as it feels good. Common sense watched in pain as good people became ruled by self-serving lawyers and politicians. His health rapidly deteriorated when schools endlessly implemented zero-tolerance policies. His condition only got worse with reports of a six-year-old boy charged with sexual harassment for kissing a classmate. A teen suspended for taking a swig of mouthwash after lunch. And a teacher who was fired for reprimanding an unruly student who threatened the teacher's life. Common sense declined even further when schools had to get parental consent to administer an aspirin to a student, but could not inform the parents to get their permission when their children were given birth control pills or when a female student was pregnant and wanted an abortion and when universities turned into cesspools of debauchery and socialist propaganda. Common sense lost his will to live when criminals received better treatment than the, their victims. The commandments from God became contraband, and priests molested young boys. When a woman failed to realize that a steaming cup of coffee was hot, she was awarded a huge settlement when she dumped it on herself. And when a president sold security-related technology to a hostile nation, common sense fell into a coma. As the end neared, common sense drifted in and out of consciousness, but was kept informed of new, questionable regulations such as thought control, partial birth abortions, and cloning. Common Sense suffered a heart attack when he heard another president claiming to staunchly protect the country from terrorist attack yet allowing other villains to invade the country through strangely very porous borders. Even though it seemed that common sense was gone, they were able to revive him from this heart attack, but not for long. On his final day, common sense received news about a government of a once great country whose people enjoyed great freedom and prosperity had voted to change from freedom to socialism, and have put its people into a deep financial bondage to the very people who are stealing their money. Finally, Common Sense heard that the blindness of this cancer of liberalism would cause the election of a man who would take the country into extreme socialism. Common Sense knew that the next step was to communism, and the removal of all freedoms, and that it would hit and be seen by no one due to the blindness caused by this evil cancer of this powerful strain of liberalism. With that realization, Common Sense had a massive heart attack. The last words spoken by Common Sense were, The only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people to do nothing. And with that last final breath, Common Sense died. Common Sense was preceded in death by his parents, truth and trust. His wife, love. His daughter, responsibility. And his son's diligence and reason. Common Sense is survived by his three stepbrothers, deception, greed, and ignorance.
Not many attended the funeral of Common Sense, because so few noticed he was gone. For any who care, memorial contributions may be sent to the Institute for Rational Thought. Some good news, though. A cure for the cancerous liberalism that claimed the life of common sense has indeed been found. Believe it or not, it was found in the most ancient of texts. It is considered still by many today to be old and not applicable to today. However, the results of this cure surpass the wildest dreams of those who have actually taken the cure. They all state that the cure is life-changing. The cure, my friends, is found in the ancient text of Torah. The cure begins with the study of God's Word, with a heart for God, coupled with the physical therapy of doing what God said in His Torah. This cure, taken in large doses, is guaranteed to eliminate any trace of the cancer of liberalism. The difficulty with the cure is getting it into the hearts and minds of every man, woman, and child on the planet. But you can help with this by supporting organizations who distribute this cure. Prescriptions are being sent out daily by organizations such as Noahide Nations and Israel National Radio who have dedicated themselves to the distribution of this cure known as Torah. They are in need of your support. When you make financial donations to these organizations, they continue their drive to cure this horrible cancer. I encourage all who are listening today to be part of this cure, and I'm asking you to dig into your pockets, and folks, I mean dig deep, because the majority of mankind is in need of this cure, and without your help, my friends, it will not happen. The sages teach us that charity is one of the greatest deeds that a man can do. So powerful is the act of charity, it can actually change heavenly decrees that have been put on us by the heavenly court. So ask yourself, how many people can I help Noahide Nations and Israel National Radio cure today with my donation? And my friends, pray that this powerful cancer called liberalism can be cured in our lifetime. But until then, we say goodbye and farewell to common sense. May he rest in peace. Friends, it's been very good to be with you today. Thanks so much. Thank you, Tamar. Until next time, Shavua Tov, everyone. Have a great week.